You're listening to The Sideline Story, the past, present and future of Rugby League, their journey, their sideline story. But it's head on, the story. Easy. It's black and white. It's head on. If you go in with enough force and you fuck it up, then you have to pay more of a penalty. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. It's a head on, it's a head on, it's story. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 44 of the Sideline Story Rugby League podcast. 44 episodes, boys. Fucking 44 plus others. But anyway, I am your host, Daniel Tassoni, and joining with me on the panel in the virtual studio again are my co-hosts, Nicholas Guild and Ryan Clark. How are we, boys? Good, Good, mate. Good to be home. Oh, too busy being a hero, eh? Just doing what I'm doing. Nah, not all heroes doing can my wear best. capes. Not doing all my best for the capes. people of Lismore. <laughs> like I said, man, not all heroes can wear capes. But anyway, guilty. How are you? Yep. Sensational. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it's good. He's here. Pumped. Fuck yeah. Boys, huge episode today. Everyone is eager for our opinion on what I think is one of the best starts to a rugby league season of, you know, in the sense that it's equal and exciting. And I think there's a bit of a rejuvenation of the, the code as opposed to last year, which is more like touch footy. The grind is back. Close games are back. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Mate, footy's been mad. Has been mad. Like I said, boys, Humongous episode today. Kicking off proceedings will be our round two NRL recap. Like I said, very exciting competition to be covering at the moment. It's been a fantastic start to that competition. After the NRL, we will check in around the grounds for all our non-NRL related rugby league coverage, where this week we look at the NRLW round four and Super League round six. I have a feeling that Clark is going to step out to be a hero during that time. I don't know. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you think, Clarky, but I, I just... Have a feeling. <laughs> hey? I got nothing. I yeah, got exactly. Nothing. Yeah, good. That's right. No comment. <laughs> anyway, the back end of the episode is our fan favorite bunker review segment presented by our beer sponsor, Rusty Penny Brewing Company. Clarky is currently drinking one of those right now, Pal James, if I'm not mistaken, there, Clarky. That is, that is the one, my friend. This week, we are discussing the NRLW and Women's Origin expansion and which day of football is better between Thursdays or Mondays? That's a good one. Ooh, good topic. Thank you. Before we move on, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the handle, the Sideline Story RL Podcast. And just quickly, a shout out to our wonderful sponsors, Rusty Penny Brewing Company, The Aria and Co. and Akasha. Show them some love as well. Follow them on socials and check out their products. Three fantastic homegrown businesses. But let's get straight into the NRL round two recap, lads. This round's tips. Clarky, you and I got six. Guilty got a poultry three. Three, Ooh. Nick. I tried what? to I tried to get a bit fancy with the Tigers and Manly. Yeah. And you got Ty- little- Did you go Tigers. Yeah. Oof. They played well against Melbourne last week. I thought, you know what? They could be back. And I just got slammed. 
because they were the furthest thing from it. Yep. Yeah. Wow. All right, Nick. We'll just um, they're just not getting any better anyway. Yeah, I'm we will sure talk we'll about them. It. Yeah, we will. We will. To all our listeners, if you want to match yourselves against the master in myself, I won tipping last year. Um, just so you know, because I'm the master, and also Clark and Gildy are in the competition. If you want to match yourselves against us three, head over to tips.com.au and use the lead code six four three eight six five to join. The link will be published on our website. And just a quick super coach update, boys. None of us cracked the one thousand mark this this week. I was the closest, but the main point I have to bring up here is that I still beat you both. So can't wait. Actually starts next week, head to head. And I don't know. I just Dan, you know, Dan, Dan, you know what happened last year, man? I was ahead all year and oh. um, I didn't even make the grand final. So yeah, just, weird. just, just I, calm I, down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I did. That's weird. I made the grand final. That's, yeah. That's yeah. right. You reminded but, but me. But you were definitely, you definitely were in the middle of the pack for most of the year. I remember. Oh, that's right. I beat you in the preliminary final. That's, that's right. right. You did. Yeah. Uh, thanks for reminding me, Nick. It's, yeah. That's all right. I, I forgot, but thank you. Uh-huh. Anyway, 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 anyway. NRL round two recap, boys. Game one, the Melbourne Storm defeat the South Sydney Rabbitohs 15 to 14. Clarky, it took 70 minutes for the Rabbitohs to play, but... They nearly snatched the game from under the Storm's noses in spectacular fashion, kicking the first two-point field goal of the season, forcing the game into the first golden point period of the season. But in the end, the voodoo of the Melbourne area still haunts the Rabbitohs as the Foundation Club have been unable to defeat the Storm in the Southern State since the Storm entered the competition in 1998. Clarky, in my opinion... The Rabbitohs are overcomplicating things and they really need to strip it back to basics. Same as I said last week, an over-reliance on sweet plays, but we need to hear a Rabbitohs supporter's perspective. What did you think? Matt, I thought the scoreline was like very flattering. I was even coming up with, with 15 minutes to go, I was coming up with what I was going to talk about on the podcast. And I'm like, geez, with, um, was it 58% completion, 14 nil, 14 nil down. I'm like, wow. Like that's what I was going to start with how flattering the scoreline was. And it got even more flattering really. Cause we played, we played worse than what we did against, um, the Broncos Box. the week before easy. Mm. Like, yeah. And I don't know whether it's just, <clears throat> To kind of take a little bit of heat off the Rabbitohs, like it's two pretty ordinary games back to back that the Storms put together as well. Like they're they're two from two, but they're playing pretty rubbish as well. Mate, like um, it, it was weird because I wouldn't have said that in their first forty because they were dominating the Rabbitohs. Yeah, the but they were. Do- what was that the first sixty-five? Mate, yeah, but oh, you, you say you, they dominated. Like, yeah, they dominated. But it was fourteen nil, mate. Like, it's uh, that, and that's exactly it right. Been 40, to... Should have been forty, and that wasn't through. I don't think that was due to like tenacious defense. That was just through, like, the storm. Just yeah, the storm aren't up to it in the first couple of rounds either. But they invited us back in. Oh, like, ob- obviously, because I went to Golden Point, but like. They did themselves no favors. The sin, the two sin bins they got were deserved sin bins, and 
when they had chances to ice it, they were like, nah, we'll just drop it. Or we just won't just, ah, we'll just get tackled here. And, or we'll kick it poorly. Like, you're right. They're, they're, they're not polished. It is round two, but... It is round two, but... They're, they're not polished. And look, I, I've, I sound like a broken record, but to get wins in the first month or two is a bonus. And for them to pull these wins off is good. But you're right. They're not playing great football. Focusing in on the Rabbitohs, but mate, I said earlier, their over-reliance on the sweep play is frustrating. The difference is in the second half, they stuffed up that sweep play and it was it was executed so well until the last pass. Mm. But they just kept trying it, kept trying it, and they're like trying to go around. They don't want to go through the middle. They're just trying to keep going around, keep going around. And there's just some disjointment with their... Or, or like, you know, disjointing their flow. And it's just, you know, is it Adam Reynolds being gone? Is it because Cody Walker can't handle being the main guy? Is Cody Walker is Cody, Cody Walker playing injured? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I don't know. And I've got to assume Cameron Murray's as well. Although he played 72 minutes, he did come off the bench. He hasn't come off the bench in a very long time. Um, uh, they, said, they said he was injured. They said he's coming back from the same... Shoulder um, surgery that uh, Nathan Cleary had. Okay, because it is nice. It's pretty well padded up as well. Yeah. But um, what I did like a, along the halves, we were just touching on. I'm not in. I don't want to bag the kid out. I'm not that impressed so far with Lachlan Ilias. But what I am impressed with is Andrew Demetrius, um, backing of. Lachlan Ilias. Like, if I was Ilias two, three, four games into my career so far and the coach is talking to me about the way he has, like, you're getting confidence from that. And that's that's all the kid needs. The kid just needs confidence. Mm. Mate, it's not his fault, Clark. I thought he played good in this game. I thought Cody Walker was shit-ass. He, yeah, he just – he doesn't see – he just – and I know he's, he's, he's the number two in the halves, so to speak, but he just – seems like he just doesn't – he doesn't touch the ball. I yeah, thought, Cookie doesn't Cookie doesn't pass it to him. I thought a few times he he tried to dig into the he's a little guy, just like Reynolds was, and he tried to dig into the line a few times and it's it sort of opened up space. Mm. But by the time Cody got the ball, I mean there was one ball that was, I don't know, a little bit behind Cody Walker. He just he didn't even try and catch it. I thought, what is he doing? He's if he if he's injured, he's still gonna try or get off. Mate. Yeah. He is Cody Walker is that type of player that all you got to do is get him off his game and he's just going to throw the towel in. He looks like the type of guy because he's current, his body language is currently reflecting that. That's what it looks like from the outside looking in anyway. But a yeah. lot of people are saying he's injured. He's got a cork. I don't like the cop out. Like Andrew Johns, I was saying it to you boys on um, Friday night. Andrew Johns was like, oh, Cody Walker must be injured. It's like, man, he's not playing well. It's as simple as that. He's not playing well. Yeah. I, 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 I think that – I think he is playing injured, but I think that, you know, probably a third of the players play injured. That's just the yeah. way – it's out of the nature of the game. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it is a cop – I think it is a cop-out as well. Mm-hmm. Luttrell played like someone who hasn't played footy in a long time. <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't. Horrible until that last kick. Until that last kick. Mate, that, that was a – Freakish That's what Latrell Mitchell can do as well. Yeah. Like, but look, he hasn't played for a long time. Around, around 25. 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's four weeks. He's three more weeks away, and he'll, he'll be back. He's still a gun player. Yeah. Oh, man, who the like? I even forgot about the two-point field goal because last year it really never became. Did it ever decide a? No, no, no. It was always yeah, just. Oh, yeah, we'll just kick in. It's like, oh, that was a bit of fun. But, yeah, the Fox Sports commentary, like, as soon as Latrell missed the kick, his third kick out of three, um, they're like, oh, look, 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 for him, look for him for the field goal. I'm like, field goal? Who's commentating this? Mick Dunning. <laughs> Matt Dunning. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's right. There's a two-point field goal. Surely not. Surely. But well, yes. it, should, it, shouldn't have, it shouldn't have come because you scored the try. You let the uh, they the storm kick off for the restart. You guys let the ball go at the back. Then then Ilias does the short ten. No, someone does the short ten. Oh man, Ilias, that was and Ilias awful. recollects it. But like <laughs> the sequence <laughs> of play was just. <laughs> but mate, that's what made yeah. the game so exciting. Like that last yeah. twelve minutes. I'm yeah. telling you now, from minute forty to to sixty eight, it was dog shit. Yeah. It was. It wasn't good football. It was boring football because there's so many mistakes. I'm like, oh fuck, the Storm are just gonna grind out a shitty win here. And then from minute 68, when you guys scored your first try onward, the game flipped on its head. If you just watch that last 12 minutes, you think it's the best game ever. It was right. just so exciting. Yeah, yeah it was exciting. The last 12 minutes was exciting. Mate, I thought a few players, even in the South team. Like they start that first 65 didn't play great, but in that last couple of minutes, like that Campbell Graham, he's playing in the last 12 minutes. Like I bagged him early on in the game because he was making quite a few errors, but he just he showed his class in the last 12 minutes. Yeah, he's one of your best players at the moment, Clarky. I think Campbell Graham, oh, easy. And you know who isn't the the bloke on the other side? I uh, know. I knew you were going to say that. Stop ripping on him. You know well, he got hooked. Yeah. Because Clarky's been talking about him, I've been watching him. And um, this is Jackson Paulo, by the way, listeners. For those yeah, that don't know, yeah, I, I think Clarky's right. <laughs> yeah, no, he is right. I've been doing the same thing, and you are right, Clarky. You yeah. are right. But look, I want to, I want to, I want to fire you up, Clarky. Who's the winner on that side? Tane Mill. Jackson Paulo's side. Tane yeah, Mill? no, it's not Mill. No, it's AJ. Alex oh. Yeah, he played well. Yeah. They didn't I think they're going No, he, Alex Johnson does his job. He's now the what third highest try scorer in South Sydney history. Like he, mm. that's what he does. He scores tries. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to be until they might need to start the Jackson Paulo center experiment. To me, has has failed. I don't think they even should have tried it. So I don't know whether they're going to have to start blooding one of these. The young kids coming through. They've got they've got some young kid. They've been talking about him. I don't know his name. I think there's two. One in particular there's... I heard. Um, I was going to give a rap to the young bloke that came on as well. I thought he played great. The prop. Yeah, he's a monster. Oh, he's yeah, humongous. <laughs> he's so yeah. big. He's a, um, like, you can just tell he's going to be a, a regular first grader. He's a, he looks good. Yeah, but um. I think there's much more to talk about, mate. What um, oh, what's his name again, buddy? Um, Davy Mo Mo Mol Moal. Davy. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's his name, right? The kid you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah, hundred percent gun, mate. Look, maybe maybe get rid of Jackson Paulo and put Suliasi Su- 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 Vunavalu in. 
He's a potential prospect. <laughs> they keep talking yeah, about but, him. Yeah. Would you take him? They can't afford him. They can't afford him. I know, but w- I know, but would you take him, Clarky? Of course you would. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I just want to fire you up real quickly, Clarky, because I said something during the game, and then I swear to God, everyone put it up as a question on social media, like Fox Sports and that. Um, I said when the Storm were pumping yours, that mm. Harry Grant will overtake Damien Cook for the Kangaroos jump bar. Yeah. And, you, and you told me to relax because it was round two. But, mate, where there's smoke, there's fire. I wasn't the only one thinking it. And I didn't look, read all these things and go, oh, right, Clarky. Like, when I was watching yeah. that game going, Harry Grant is going to be the Australian hooker in the Rugby League World Cup this year. And you shut me down. But I'm going to tell you right now, Harry Grant's going to get it. Nah, he's not, Dan. You're wrong. Why? Mate, because he's always injured. Mate, <laughs> Thank you. It, 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 look, man, I don't, I don't necessarily think Damian Cook is the best. Is playing the best footy right now, hmm. but I don't just go. I just don't watch Harry Grant and go, "Oh my God, he's the best thing since Cameron Smith." Because, mate, they almost lost that game. That's that's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying my opinion, and it, yeah. it's that Harry Grant will be the kangaroos co- uh, the kangaroos hooker. In the 2022 you know what, Rugby League World Cup. You, you know what he might be? He might be a kangaroos hooker. He won't be the kangaroos hooker. I'll tell you right He'll now. Be. If Damien Cook's fit, he's the hooker. Fair enough. Harry Grant will be in the squad and Harry Grant will start in a game or two. But yeah. Yeah. There, there, <clears throat> there's a thing about like people get annoyed about it, incumbency and all that kind of stuff. And it's rearing its ugly head at the moment with the whole DCE thing. But the thing is, is Damien Cook still playing good footy where DCE isn't? Mm. And Nathan Cleary is another level on top. He's yeah. he's played he's played longer than Harry Grant, yada yada. That's why Nathan Cleary deserves a spot in front of DCE where Harry Grant made the feels though. Harry Grant played his best injury free football at the Tigers. When he's playing at Melbourne, he's just always injured. Mm. And he's coming off the bench most of the time. Is he no, he's starting now. He's starting, he's starting, he's starting now. now because Brandon Smith's injured. But last no, year, no, no, Brandon Smith, Brandon Smith's going to be playing lock. When he's yeah, yeah, I know. But last year, like no, no, true. Look, man, no one doubts. Look, Dan says he's a good player. No one doubts that. Look, we, if we, look, we haven't really talked about how good Melbourne played. Like the first sixty-five minutes, they played well. Harry Grant did play well, and um, Cameron Munster was. Um, was really, really good as well. Yeah. I thought that um, just at the start of the game, you had uh, Nelson stripping those two balls early in the match. Mm. I said, oh, this is just, uh, this is going to be a walkover. And I thought uh, even Jesse Bromwich, I looked at the stats later, and he looks pedestrian, but in the game, he did some telling runs and I think he had three offloads. So they started off good. They should have just, they really should have stamped their foot on the, on the throw and they never did. Mm. I'm going to take over, Dan. While you're on it, Gildy, while you're on a roll, give us the Akasha 3-2-1s for the MVP. 3-2-1s. Grant 3 for Dan. Grant 3. Munster 2 <laughs> and Murray 1. Thank you. Thank you. Boys, right, we'll move on to game two. The Penrith Panthers defeat the St. George Illawarra Dragons 20-16. to Boys, the Panthers hang on against a fast-finishing Dragon side who kept... At the Premier's all game. But Gildy, I want to hear your opinion first. What did you think of this game? Yeah, look, um, the Dragons are robbed. 
because there's no way if you watch uh, if you watch the play in real time that Jaden Sewer hit anyone late. And he didn't even hit him that hard, to be honest. He was committed to a tackle. And, you know, if they got a penalty, no dramas, but he was he was he he got 10 in the bin. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much wrecked the Dragons game because uh, Penrith scored two in that period. So when it was 13 versus 13, I think that the Dragons were easily the better side. Mate, there were a couple of them this round. Come on. Mate, if you if you if if that's a send off, I'm I'm go, I'm gonna blow up about Teague Wilton, I'll tell you. A sin bin, you mean? Sorry, if that's a sin bin, why yeah. isn't Teague Wilton a sin bin? <laughs> mate, yeah. mate, I don't know anyone. I still I haven't heard anyone say that Jaden Seward deserved a sin bin. And I will second and Clarky will definitely third it that it wasn't. And someone has timed in real time. The hit, the hit, and they said it was one sixth or zero point one four seconds from Sean O'Sullivan passing the ball Mate, that Jaden was hitting. It wasn't. It, it wasn't late. It, it's, it was, not late it it's not late. It's not high. It's not hard. No. It's it, there's nothing in it, and they're saying let's protect the halfback. Yeah, fine. Penalty. At worst, a penalty. Yeah, at worst. Yeah. But if it's that, if you're committed, feed a plan. Feet are planted. Sean O'Sullivan's run at you to create that space. Mate, if he wants to get that close to the forwards, mate, you're going to cop it. And it yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't as if Jensen was run two, three steps and gone bang and see you later, champ. No, no, no. And on top of that, Sewer continued with the play and he was making the next tackle on the next guy. Yeah, it's not a the sin same bin. play. Not a sin bin. And, I, and if anyone thinks it's a sin bin, you're wrong. You're wrong. Zach Lomax gets sin bin as well in the game. What did you think of that one? Oh, man, I what was that one again? So that I think I can live with this one where uh, it's the one where someone's grabbing it through and he's he's hit he's changed his line and he's blocked someone. I think the NRL yeah, and the referees mate, have been consistent, to get rid of it. mate. They are, and I think they've been consistent and they've been ruling those as sin bins. So I can live with Zach Lomax's. Jaden yeah, Sewers, I can't. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but look. The Dragons, we've all put them in our eight and they, without the suicide bin, could have won. We're never going to know, obviously, but they played that well that they put it to the Premiers. And that is a very positive sign as a Dragon supporter that they're going to have a good season. And that's why we put them in our eight because they have the ability to Bring it to any team with the side they've got, the side they've bought. So, mate, just 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 on that sewer one. Now I know it was from the back, but really the reason the reason that it was a ten in the bin was because it was on a half, right? They're trying to protect the half, right? Mm. So late in the game, Spencer Linu does really nothing wrong as well, but he, he hits um, he hits one of the the uh, dragons halves mm. a little late. Yeah, not not too much more late than Sewer, and there was nil issue. Mm. You know, I mean, it's just weird, mm. mate. Look, on Spencer Lenio, mm. now that you brought him up, mate. Unless they're having chats with him and explaining to him why he's playing off the bench and why he isn't playing big minutes, we said it last week, mate. And I'm just echoing the thoughts of my father-in-law, who's 
massive Panthers fan who isn't he hasn't got the biggest raps on Matt Eisenhuth. Mate, they name him, they name him the start and they bring him off the bench, they give him another 31 minutes and and apart from the Simbin, yeah, does goes out there and does his job again like he always does. Just a big monster. And yeah. It's got a great try. Yeah, and it'd be super frustrating. I don't know. Mate, I just think that it's not necessarily about having the best 13 on the field at the start of the game. And I think I know that. that that's why I, that's why they've, I always... worked, they've worked out that they want obviously, um, well, what's his name? Who's the, who's the current prop that just got injured for eight weeks? James Fisher. Um, no, no, um, Moses Leota. I think they want Moses Leota as that starter, you know, and they want that impact player off the bench. And what they're thinking is that, Eisenhuth, even though he's not as good as um, Leota, I mean, he plays a role where it's an up-and-down prop where Spencer Linu comes in and creates he creates a bit of havoc when he comes on the field and and Eisenhuth wouldn't do that. That's not his no, name. I, I, do get, I do get the impact off the bench, but that's why I always premise it with the fact that his minutes aren't even that high. Like 31 minutes and Eisenhuth's playing 39. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I just think that they could they could get more out of him. That's all. Boys, one a big moment in the game for mine was uh, Francis Molo's hit on James Fisher Harris. Gigantic hit. He actually damaged Fisher Harris. But uh, to to further that, I have this feeling that James Fisher Harris is not playing up to standard at the moment. Whether he's unfit or injured, I don't know but he's just not having that impact impact that he did from last year at the moment. But he got contained by the Dragons last weekend. Hey, I think, I, I've said this before, and I might, I might be wrong, but I just think that you can't maintain that sort of constant damage year after year after year after year. Like, for a prop, they always talk about props um, maturing later, but the thing is if you – play big minutes over and over and over again, you're just not going to be able to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that. I, I just think that, you know, he might be in a bit of a, not a slump, but, you know, you, we'll still see the, we'll still see a better James Fisher Harris, but I think you're right. I don't think he's playing at the level he was to be prop of the year. Yeah. But he, but he is injured. Oh, he is injured. Yeah. yeah. Like I, think he's out for, I think he's out for a couple of weeks. Oh, he's injured shoulder. now. Yeah. He's injured now. He's injured now. A week or two. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. But even before that, even before that, I don't think he was playing at that standard where, you know. It could have, yeah, but the shoulder, the shoulder could have been re-injured. You never know. Mm. Yeah, he played right. big minutes the week before, though. <clears throat> Didn't yeah, have but, huge Fisher-Harris numbers, but he did play big minutes. Yeah, true. While we're on injuries, actually, um, Brian Toto was out for six to eight weeks, uh, MCL injury, so that's a shame. No, that's massive. One of the one of the best wingers in the game, uh, and for the Dragons, they've lost Andrew McCulloch uh, indefinitely. Got a dislocated elbow in the game. It was pretty disgusting. But um, Mate, can I just say, Dean, that you were talking about um, James Fisher Harris not playing up to a standard. I, mm. I think even before the injury, Brian Ty was in the same boat. Yeah, it's early day. Well, like now we're, know, we're not going to know about Ty now. If you didn't know how damaging Tai was before these first two rounds, you wouldn't be saying he's one of the best wingers in the comp. That's, That's a certain. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. But we'll move it on. 
boys. Uh, onward and upward for the Dragons fans. Stay positive uh, for Panthers, mate. You're still flying high at the moment, uh, even though that win wasn't as convincing as last week's. But guilty. The Akasha MVP 3-2-1s, my friend. 3-2-1s. Kikio got three. He's just his damaging self. Uh, Yo, I think he made the most metres for the Penrith Panthers. He's just in the middle of the field doing everything. And uh, Jaden Sawyer, even though he got 10 minutes in the bin, he was I thought he was the Dragons' best, closely followed by Ben Hunt. But Sewer gets one point. We've already spoken about Spencer Linu, but uh, Zach Lomax just couldn't get – you can just see the class there, but he just couldn't get the ball away. A couple of times he was stuck out on that in that centre spot just looking for the offload and it, it either went too far forward or too far back or the timing wasn't right or the tip on wasn't right. Mate, I've got him as my centre of the year. I think – who else has him? One I think I'm going to pick him. Yeah, mate. Oh. He's playing well. He's playing well. So, boys, game three: the Sydney Roosters defeat the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, twenty-six to twelve. Lads, I thought the scoreboard flattered Manly for the second week in a row, as the Roosters put the Northern Beaches Club to the sword. Clarky, is it? I know Gildy's. This is Gildy's favourite um, term for the Manly Sea Eagles, but I'm going to ask you. <laughs> Is it the case of flat track bullies for Manly again this season or are they just in a slump starting bad and then they'll come good? Oh, it seems like it, doesn't it? Like they haven't proven otherwise. That they are flat track bullies? Yeah. So. Who, who have they got next week? They've got the dogs. Yeah, see, they'll come out and put like 60 on the dogs. No, they and fucking ever, won't. And, and everyone will be back on Manly. But, that, but that's the kind of thing they'll do, like, Obviously, I was being a bit of a dick, but, but it, let's say they put 30. Really big dick. <laughs> let's say they put 30 on them and everyone will be back on on the Manly bandwagon. That's, I think that's just the case for Manly at the moment. Like, the, yeah, they, until they prove otherwise, they'll just keep, they'll keep getting that tagline put on them. Guilty? Mate, um, yeah, I, I just think that they're playing shit. Um, <laughs> Put no it bluntly. Excuses. There's no excuse, but there's no excuses. Like um, he's playing, Turbo's playing. So what's the issue? It's Why full strength. So bad? It is full strength. Yep. Yep. Oh no, they don't have. Um, they don't have that second. Oh, what's Schuster. Schuster. They don't have Schuster. Yeah. And don't forget, Manasi fainted. He's gone too. Yeah, but he hasn't played in years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a shit stirrer. Look, they 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 are to put it to put it as bluntly as you did, guilty. I agree. They're, they're they're playing very poorly at the moment. They've done this a few seasons where they just start awfully in the first month, and then they go, "Oh, actually, we better start playing now." The only shining you know light what? for them is Harmoli Olakuatu. and I don't want to regurgitate like Joey Johnson because guilty. I know he's your favorite player, and I don't want to like. I don't want us. I know that you don't want to be a Joey Johns where he picks his favorite players, but yeah. call a spade a spade, mate. He is their he is their shining light at the moment. He really is. Yeah, oh, well, we, we, mate, he is. Look, look, you know what? I thought that Dylan Walker was good when he came on. Hmm. Mate, since uh, he's since he's moved to the since he's been this impact player off the bench, he's been killed, like the back end of last year. But obviously, good. the back the back end of last year was when they were on a roll. But yeah, he provides. Like enormously, Fuck. yeah. Look, um, yeah, I just, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of a good thing to say. Oh, that's right. Um, 
With regards to Manly, I just find that Jake gets in the way. He's doing exactly what um, the English the English international James Graham was doing at, at the Bulldogs. He just gets in the way. And then if you got if you got Jake ball playing, you just got, there's no point to having Foran out there because Foran doesn't do anything. Mm. He hasn't been doing anything. Jake gets in the way. Jake gets in the way. Looking at the Roosters, their halves combined very well. Sammy Walker, Luke Keary had magnificent games. Their forwards were dominant. That's an understatement. See what Tokiaho ran for over 200 metres. I thought Tupanua was a freak. His line running is insane. Um, they, they, this, this game was. Uh, the Roosters showed out of the out of the eight games of this round that they were the most dominant team. They dominated the Manly Seagulls, and it felt like that from minute one to eighty. Yep. And it's a credit to the Roosters because last week they lost to the Knights, and everyone went, "Oh, the Roosters are done." And it's like, well, it's round one. There's still twenty five rounds to go, twenty four rounds to go, and this week, this weekend that just passed, they smacked Manly off the park. I, 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 I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot here. I'm still regretting that I've put Manly in my top four. I think they'll still make the top eight, but far out. At the moment, they're not showing that they're a top eight side. They need to change things quickly, I think. How did you find yeah. um, Sam Walker's performance, Gilby? Like, <clears throat> we talk about Olakwatu, and obviously you're a massive fanboy, but you, you, do, you do like to... You do you do see the negatives in Sam Walker that other people necess- don't necessarily see. How'd you find his performance, mate? I think he had a great game this game, but I also think that like there's a game plan to play against the Roosters, and like uh, the Dogs did it against um, Reynolds this week. They ran, they had a player just continuously running at Reynolds to to, to sort of blunt blunt the sharp instrument. And no one sort of did that at Manly. No one's role was to just run at Walker the whole game because you know what? You know you're not going to get smashed running at him. Mm. So, yeah. look, uh, I think he played really well, but I just think that Manly had a – I don't know what their game plan is. Like, I'd, I'd be running a back row at him the whole time. Every every single – look for him. Run at him. And if the hole closes and he's got to hide behind someone, that's fine. But just run at him every time. Right. I like it. No, no one, you, you, Clark, you've, you've highlighted something that is correct. We, we will pick the negatives and the positives. This isn't a pessimistic podcast, but you do tend to see the mainstream rugby league media or NRL media that just pick their favourites, which I don't like, and they what? go, oh, they, they do nothing wrong. Well, yeah, we talked did. about it two, two, two weeks ago. We were saying, oh, look at that. In the media, they're saying that they're not sure if Kiri and Walker should be together in the halves. This week they win. Oh, they're the best halves ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But look, the, the, this is why, I, if we're going off this game, uh, this is why I think the Roosters will be strong uh, and will make the top four. They just got to keep at it. Obviously, it comes down to injuries, but we can't look to the future and we can't rely on people getting injured because we just don't know. I'll tell um, you one player that just needs a little bit of a wrap is uh, is Tupu. I just thought, like we talked about the forwards going forward and that, but they for some reason 
for some reason, Manly kept kicking it down to the right side and Tupu just kept bringing it back strong, starting mm. off their sets really well. Mm. Yep. Guilty, we will move it on. And Clarky, I know you're here too, but Guilty is our Akasha MVP 321's host announcer. <laughs> so lead <laughs> us out. Righto, quickly. Uh, even though Tupu got injured into the second half, his first half was phenomenal. So he gets three. Uh, Daniel Tupu, like I just said, we gave him two points because the start of his sets were just, you know, he'd just start the Roosters off in a, in a great fashion. And then um, uh, there was a little bit of debate about who should go next, but, like, you just can't deny that Takiyahu um, running for 200 metres on, I think it was 20 hit-ups. That's just phenomenal. That's the stuff that Jared Wara Hargraves was doing last year. Which he's not doing this um, year at the moment. Which he's not doing this year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boys, we'll move on to game four. The Gold Coast Titans defeat the New Zealand Warriors 20 to 18. Ah, look, unfortunately for the Warriors, they pull up short for the second week in a row with another narrow loss. Uh, they say that these types of losses are the ones that come back to haunt a team, I guess. But <clears throat> guilty, lots of momentum swings here. Uh, but yeah. look, I thought the Warriors were unlucky not to win it, but overall, what did you think of this game? Mate, I thought I think with the Warriors, I think I said at the start of the year, they've just got this forward pack that's – they're just so big. So they're never going to be right out of the game. They're, they're going to rumble forward. I think that Reese Walsh made a difference, obviously, this week, being out there. I don't think he played super, but he's out there. Um, I just thought that the the – mate, the Titans are just – you know, they're, they're, they're an up-and-coming team and they look good. Do you know what I mean? I thought AJ Brimson was very good in his first game this year at 5'8". Um, I thought the other half was good too. Sexton? Yeah, Toby um, Sexton's gone. I think he's Mars a really good player. Marshu is the second coming of Brian Toe when he's fit. Yep. Um, he's short and he's he's stocky and he just runs over blokes. Yep. And then I don't want to talk about this bloke either because I gave him – I'm a – I gave him a massive rap last year and he's, he's killing it again this year. He's Bo Firma, mate. Oh, yeah, he's it. so good. Oh, he's really good. Dead set. But look. You'll play for Queensland this year. There you go. Mate, oh, you brought up Greg, Greg Marzu. Now, he's on the right wing. Uh, last week, the Dragons had Michaeli Ravalawa on the right wing and they both scored. Well, Greg Marzu scored two and Ravalawa scored three against the Warriors, respectively. And... That Montoya. <laughs> the defending winger is Montoya, and mate, he is unfortunately he's shocking. He, he, he's not the answer. And I and I read the worries forums. I read all the forums for the teams. And mate, last week they ripped on Nick Arima. He gets he gets uh, relegated or dropped. He got dropped, didn't he? Or was he on the bench? He got, he got dropped. So. He got dropped. Yep. And this week they're they're ripping on Rocco Berry, and no one says nah. peep about Montoya, and it's not Rocco Berry. Not Rocco Berry. It's not. I mate. I, I think it's both. To be honest, I don't think you got to be able to support. Him. Like something's not going right out there. I don't think it's just Montoya. I think Montoya is an average defender, but I think Rocco is just learning how to play in the centres. Defending in the centres is the hardest, the hardest place to defend in the NRL. And you reckon the hardest in the NRL? Yep, I do. Yeah, why I honestly do. Why do you say that? Why do you say that? Because you got the speedsters coming at you, and if you make one wrong move, they're through. Well, it makes the winger look silly, and the wingers usually do get shitty when they're it's a two on one. So you got a point. Yeah, yeah you got a point. Yeah. But look, 
it was a very um, momentum swinging matchup. I thought it was like last week. The Warriors start off poorly. Two weeks in a row, they started off poorly. And I'm like, oh, they're going to get slaughtered here. This is done. The game's over in the first 10 minutes. And then they just somehow just creep in. They start to score a try. And you're like, oh, okay, that's one try. And then they get another. And you're like, oh, okay. And then they get another. And you're like, oh, shit, they're in the game. But, yeah, yeah like, the, the I th- honestly, watching that match, I thought the Titans were actually lucky after they started so well, they just took the foot off the pedal, just like the Dragons did last week. I, I don't know if it's people taking the Warriors less serious. I don't know. It's 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 a pretty um, silly um, opinion to to make actually. Like, that I said they're, it, but... they're, they're staunch in the middle. They're, like they're they're forwards. Like look, we gave Curran three and a losing side last week. He was still good this week as well. He's just everywhere in the middle, mm-hmm. and they got those other big boppers. Just you know, continuously moving forward. Like Aiden Fanua Bake, mate, he's a top three prop. Do you know what I mean? In the game? In the game. Mm. Why do you say that? Mate, he just, he, he, he rolls his sleeves up and he's the one who takes that first shit hit up yeah. every time for the Warriors, every time. And then he makes yards as well. He doesn't get stopped. Like even some of the good props in the game, they get, they get stopped at the line. He just keeps rumbling through. He made a break in the game. Yeah. 186 metres, 70 post-contact metres. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Mate, the, it's, yeah, it's going to happen, like I said earlier, these little losses, if they keep losing games by two, they're still losing games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And that's going to happen. Unfortunately, it's going to happen to the Warriors a lot this year. And then they're going to have games where they just get slaughtered. I just think they're a superstar away. They're just lacking that superstar. They don't have really have one, I don't think. Yeah. A lot Look of at teams that. don't, but they, they, if they did, just say they had Latrell Mitchell. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be necessarily Latrell, but let's just, you know, somewhat of that sort of caliber. They're winning those games. Guilty, then looking at the Titans, we've got AJ Brimson on his first touch in, thir- in the first 30 seconds of the game splitting yeah. the defence open and setting up a try for Bo Fermor. And I'm like, oh, wow, here we go. I I still – I'm wondering why David Fafida doesn't want the ball, but he didn't do anything in that game. Maybe he's focusing more on his defence. I don't know. But he did not run the ball in this match. Do you know, do you know what, man? Like, you can't – I don't think you can blame Fafida for I'm not, not running I'm, the ball. I'm not, I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming him. Because he's, he's got a line that he's meant to – so I blame the halves for not getting him the ball. Unless they're changing their game plan and going, oh, we're just hitting the left, hit the left, and then we'll hit the right later in the game. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But, yeah, look, I think the Titans were very close last week against Para. Uh, this week, they, I think the, the Titans might be that team that plays to the caliber of the team they're playing. Yeah. And that's and that's and that's a bit of a diss to the Warriors because we've all put them in our bottom three. Clarkie's put them as the wooden spooners. Um, but they could be that side. Like against the Eels, they stepped up. Against the Warriors, they didn't really put the nail in the coffin when they, they could have. So. Last year they, they they could have been further into the finals if if Old made a pass the ball, like in yeah. the centers. Yeah. You know, look, they they they're just I think they're just a young team coming through. They're gonna improve. They're, they're they're on the way up. The, the thing is, the Titans are going up. The Warriors yeah, are. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 
I think the Titans will make the eight. Did anyone else pick them in their eight? Or was it just me? I I didn't, but um, I picked Canberra. But, but with all Canberra's woes, the, the Titans might take, take their spot, I'd say. Yeah. Clark, you didn't put them in your, um, your eight, did you? No, 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 no. But can I make a request? Yes. Can we move it on? Because I want to hear Kildee blow up. Okay. Uh, yes, we will, Clarky. So, Gildy, the Akasha MVP 3-2-1s for the Titans-Warriors game. Right, I saw a three, Brimson two, and Mars Hugh one. We've talked about them all already. Your tone's already changed. It's, it has changed. <laughs> is it a sexy, sexy sort of tone? Yeah, no, yeah. it's a cranky tone. Yeah. Sexy, sexy sexton. <laughs> Boys, game five. The Cronulla Sharks defeat the Parramatta Eels 18 to 16. 930 days since their last game in the Shire, the Cronulla Sharks pull off a famous win at the death against the Eels. Guilty, this one's yours, my friend. Bit of a sluggish game, but we need to hear the Parramatta supporter of the podcast. Yeah. Talk about this one. I know you're already you're ready to cut me off. Yeah, you, you, you're very <laughs> cranky. As a Durden Parramatta Eels fan, I just think that you know um, when you've got a player who is your half and he's in the air, and a second rower from the other team has no is not stopping at all to, to lessen the blow of the tackle, and it's not instantaneous. It's late. And they're trying to cut that out of the game. I just don't understand where the penalties are. Why uh, that wasn't ten in the bin. For the listeners, for the listeners, yeah, knowledge. Teague Wilton has blatantly tackled a defenseless Mitchell Moses after he's, he's bombed the ball, or he's, sorry, he's punted the ball down the field. He was airborne, and Teague Wilton has, unlike Jaden Sewer, has taken two or three extra steps and committed to tackling Mitch Moses whilst he's in the air. Tackles him and then, you know, dangerously dumps him. Now, he got penalised, rightfully, yeah. but didn't get sin-binned, which is teeing you off right now. As a result of this tackle, he's facing a one- to two-week ban. So he's got an a grade two, but if he completes early, it's one week. That's, that's the new system. And that's obviously pissing you off because that indicates that he probably should have been sin-binned during the game. Is it not? Mate, look, look, I thought Cronulla played great. Um, and I thought it was a close game and either team could have win. I mean, look, I honestly thought Parramatta were going to win until Ray Stone had a brain explosion with two minutes to go. That's all the forums um, were about, by the way. That's all, that? they, that's all the Eels forums were about is getting rid of Ray, oh, mate, Ray Stone. Look, you know, what's crazy is Ray Stone's a super fit guy. So someone was, ah, oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. So I don't know if you're aware of this, Clarky, but Parramatta... Before the game started, they decided to use Jacob Arthur as the 17th man and move Bryce Cartwright from that position to the 18th man. Then throughout the game, they failed to use Jacob Arthur, so they played with 16 players. Mm-hmm. So I've got a funny feeling the forums are a lot about that and blowing up that uh, Jacob Arthur is taking up a spot when he's not really required. I don't think a half is required. And the thing is with Jacob Arthur, he's not like Billy Walters. Like Billy Walters can come and play in the um, hooker position and played well, you know. Um, Jacob Arthur has got one position and that's half or five eight. He, he cannot play any other position. So, yeah, it boggles the mind in today's game when you can not use someone. It just doesn't make sense. 
Look, you know what? If if Mitchell Moses or Dylan Brown were injured, absolutely, man, he's the next half up. I've got no dramas with that. But you don't sit him on the bench. And then the thing is, Cronulla are grinders. You need – imagine if we'd had another second rower, which would have been Bryce Cartwright. And who's to say Bryce Cartwright would have made seven errors and we would have lost the game anyway? It doesn't matter. But you've got to give yourself the best chance. And and not having a, a back rower out there – like we're missing Nia Corey right now. I yeah. think he's coming back next week. But not having a back rower out there, that just makes everyone else got to do about 10 minutes more work. And the reason I brought him up was because I think a lot of the forums were saying something along the lines of – Oh, Stone did that uh, brain explosion because he was fatigued. Like, I don't accept that. He's one of the fittest at the club. He just made – he had a brain explosion. It was a stupid decision. We've talked about those diving into the back legs before. I believe he should have been sent off or, or Simbin for 10 as well. Yeah, I hate that. I fucking hate the cannibal tackle. I hate it. Yeah. But anyway, you sound very yeah, worked up, Gildy. You sound very result. worked up. As a result, Nico Hines saved the day for Cronulla. Uh, he had a good game. Um, I thought I thought there were players on both teams that played really well. So you know, what do you do? You got to have. I mean, it was a close. It was a close loss. Mate, um, Nico, Nico think, Hines. I just think, sorry, Go, you I was just going to say. I just think, like uh, Cronulla uh, fans might disagree with me totally. In the first half, they were better. I thought in the second half, Parramatta were way better. Mate, that's it's, that's. Not the worst thing to say yeah. as a Cronulla fan. Look, they'd probably go, yeah, yeah, because we won. We still won, so Blair. But, mate, yeah. on Nico Hines, mate, he suits the Shire, doesn't he? He has that. With the look. Yeah, the look. And, like, he, mate, he's a na- – I, I love natural footballers. You could put this bloke anywhere in the field and he'll give, he'll do the job. And he's in the halves. Yeah. His kicking game isn't, isn't, is nowhere near – um, what a, a proper halfbacks should be at, but he's just he's there and he's he's doing enough and he, and he I don't he know what moves. it is. He yeah. moves differently. He yeah. just he gets across the field in a different in a different motion. Well, a couple of times he's running across field and, and Parramatta decided not to tackle him. I don't know what was going on, and then he just find eventually he'd find a little gap and he just moved through it. Yeah, there was there was one there and he just got ankle tab by Moses, but it was just like, he was yeah. just meandering across field and everyone was yeah. just waiting for him to like step off his left. And he did it and yeah. he was, they were bamboozled. It was, yeah. everyone knew watching the game, what he was going to do eventually. Yeah, he's a very just, good ball player. He yeah, mate, he's, he's, he's good. He's good with ball in hand. And it so, was a, it was a very good battle with him and Mitch Moses. I've got to say in the halves. I thought, Dylan Brown had a great game too. I thought Dylan Brown was through the line probably five or six times with arms free looking for support. And there was yes, no he was. He, he's not. He's a player that's not playing to standard at the moment, Guilty. I'll tell you that. Gutherson? Yep. Yeah, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know. But Dylan oh, Brown ran for 185 metres. He was mad. More, Mate, Dylan, Brown, Dylan, Brown, Dylan Brown was honestly... You've just got to follow him because he's such a strong ball runner. I don't know. He was getting the shits because he, you're right. Yeah. He, there was one where he um, he ran it on the 15 on on the Sharks try line, so Parramatta's attacking zone, and he's broke. He, he's gotten a sniff, and he's legitimately looked left. He's falling, has enough time to look right, and he doesn't get the pass off because no one's supporting. And he gets up and he goes, where the fuck are you? He, 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 yeah. he threw his arms up like... What am I doing? Am I playing yeah. on my own? Yeah, it's pretty. It's 
it's pretty frustrating. And I, and, and look, yeah. teams are doing that. Like the Bulldogs are similar um, with that sort of support. Like people are trying and no one's really just – mate, it, this game, rugby league, is eyes up footy. I think it's, it's, a, it's a simple game. Rule the ruck and support your and support your players, and yeah. and you and and you will win a lot of games with that simple game plan. So there's a group of folks I speak uh, to about footy, and they believe, or one of them in particular believes, that Nico Hines is the buy of the year so far. Yes, what he actually uh, he actually uh, DM'd the podcast. Yeah, of course, he did. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's a hopeless case. He's got no life. Yep. But... <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. I like to yeah. do um, <laughs> yeah, Probably so far, it's hard to kind of argue. So I don't know, my, who, um, you, I don't know my, who you put in front of him. Xavier Coates yeah, my, was mine. My opinion is, though, that are you the buy of the year if you, you're already a good player and you go to another team? Or are you the buy of the year when you're someone who's thought of as a nobody and you come out of nowhere. That's no, it's, if I, you, it's if you go, it's any buy, any transfer. Any buy? I okay, That's, well, maybe he is then. Well, Adam Reynolds could be. Because he got you. more... Ex- maybe you're right. <laughs> I think you got more expectation if you go, if you've already got a name as well. So that kind of... You have to play probably still better. Mm. Be buy of the year. Yep. Yep. Well, Guilty, look, the Sharkies... Did they did they deserve the win over the over the Eels? <laughs> try not try take take the goggles off. Take the Eels goggles off. Did they deserve the win? Yeah. yeah? Um mate. They won in the last minute after a brain explosion. So the answer no. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say yeah. Clarky, what did you um, think? Well yeah, well they won. Yes. So they deserve, <laughs> if you win, you deserve to win. Yeah, there you fair go. Enough. Fair enough. I don't mind that mentality. Um, guilty. The cash MVP three two ones. Three two ones. Nico Hines three. Dylan Brown two. And Jaden Braley, who we really didn't speak about unfairly. Blake Braley. He had a Blake Braley. So he had a great game. Um, look, Moses played well. Um, Wonga Blake did everything that. Um, Everything that uh, Daniel Tupu did in the Roosters game, he just kept bringing the ball back hard. And um, even though he might go unnoticed this year, because he was second row of the year last year, Papa Lee, he's, his stats are amazing. He just stays out there and he just mm-hmm. he does all that VB, hard-earned, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't understand that index. I don't understand and that he hasn't got the, um, And he hasn't got the hair now. Yeah, maybe it's that. It's not as He doesn't stand out as much. Maybe Clark, is it me or is Guilty a little bit deflated after that one? <laughs> I think it took a lot out of him. It zapped a lot of energy. It did. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm angry about the 17 man thing, to be honest. Yeah. No, it makes it boggles the mind. Hmm. If anything's going to tell you what will bring, bring him out of his funk, the next game. Ooh. Here we go. The cracking. It was a cracker. The cracking match. I think, isn't it? Hey. It's at Melbourne. No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, the next, the next game. game we're about to talk about. The transition from game five to game six, the not <sighs> game of the week, was the North Queensland Cowboys defeating the Canberra Raiders 26 to six. Look, a great bounce back from the Cowboys. I don't think a lot of people expected it to be um, such a 
large deficit, 26 to 6, 20 points. But, mate, the Raiders were very lackluster. And the game itself was very lackluster. But we usually do focus on the losing team first, and we will continue that trend. But, mate, very disjointed Raiders side. Guilty, we were speaking about it before. Nothing went right for them. And they just they just never got into the groove of things. Unfortunately for them now, they've lost they've lost Josh Hodgson for the entire year with an ACL injury. Uh they they've still got Fogarty out. Uh they, they next week they get back um what's his face? Jordan Rappiner. Schneider. And Schneider, Schneider as well. Back as well. But, so Schneider got axed because of COVID. And I think that was a bit disjointing for them, to be honest. Yeah. I know it's only early days for him, but he played really well the week before. And it was against the Sharks, who everyone's putting in the top eight. Uh, I didn't, yeah. but and neither did you, Guilty, actually, I don't think. I mean, no. you didn't put him in. But look, the game, the game, I, 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 we have to cover these matches, but mate, like it, it was, it was very, very boring, this game. It wasn't a good match. Very, very stop start. Nothing very exciting at all. You've come if you're a North Queensland fan. Look, yeah, Mate, I'll tell you. I, I spoke to Dan about this, Clarky. Um, one thing that did stand out, and they both looked good. I've got to admit, uh, Dearden and Chad Townsend looked really, really good yeah. in this game. It doesn't sound like a, the sentence you should be saying, but yeah, no, but they really did. Yeah, and they keep going on like <clears throat> they've given Tom Alolo a bit more minutes and stuff, but. And it seems like, oh, he's happy again. He's yeah, he's not going. Minute. It's 161 metres. In, it's still not Jason Tomalolo level numbers. Still good still numbers. Not, still not a million dollars a year numbers. Mm. Wait, they they, they, they just totally disregarded. Those... Sorry, sorry. Good, here you go. What, what I was going to say is when he was making those massive stats, people forget that, you know, you know, JT was playing in that side, creating space. And then you also had, you know, probably the best prop at, in the game at that time also on that side. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So now he's sort of got to do it by himself a bit more and people realise it's a team game and, you know, those that, that space isn't there anymore. So they're crunching up on him. Yeah. I don't mean to flip-flop around, but um, going back to the Raiders with um, Josh Hodgson, I don't mean to take a positive from someone else's um, sadness, but at least I can say that that's the reason why he's not going to get the Dallium Hooker of the Year. Oh, yeah. You picked Did him. Did you pick yeah. him as Dallium? Ew. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, that's one wrong for Clarkie. Oh, yeah, I but I can just... Better. I have to get better because he's at Paro next year. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, they're not the type of um, signings you want for a club, is that a 30-year-old hooker with his second ACL? Yeah. Well, mate, yeah. the Eels were about to sign Welch until he did his ACL, and now he's the captain of the Storm. I know he's injured again and he's out for this season, but... But he's just, he's just done his... He's, um, what do you do? He's uh, uh, Achilles. Achilles. Yeah. So, look, like I said, the, the Cowboys, props to them for putting... The Raiders to shame. The yeah. the Raiders the Raiders were disjointed, and then the Cowboys took advantage of it. That's what you want. The halves were the were were the shining light for them. Tom Malolo was a shining light for them. It's great to see them back. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, they've lost Mitch Dunn for the season. They think with an ACL injury, 
Yeah, yeah that's um, confirmed. That's confirmed. So yeah, I think so. Um, that was awful because he got stepped. Uh, someone stepped Mate. in and he's changed direction and just hey. snipered. He got shot. He just got yeah. shot. No it contact. Bad. I hate. I hate him. They're so. It's so shit to see. But yeah, look. Maybe the Cowboys don't like the rain because against the Bulldogs they were sluggish. In dry weather, they played better. So, you know, it, it's positive it for the Cowboys. He's on fire. I've got a, a uh, someone for player buy of the year. Mm. Depending on how the Cowboys go, it's Peter Hiku. Very good buy. So he's always been a strong player. And obviously he's got a uh, connection with Todd Payton. But he, he I mean, well, we gave him three points this week. He, he is in everything. And he's a dominating player from the centre position, which, you know, there's only a couple of them in the game that can do that, and he's one of them. Well, while we're on the Akasha MVP 3-2-1s, Guilty, round them out. 3-2-1s, Hiku 3, Tamalolo 2, Dearden 1, uh, the Hammer needs a mention, Tuolungi needs a, needs a mention, that mm. young Nanai, how good is he? He's so good. Um, the only player I sort of circled for the Raiders was Corey Harawinara. He's in everything, but yeah. he's only one person. <laughs> now, usually after you sign a contract, you start, you kind of get comfy and you go, oh, sweet. But he's only stepped it up ever since he re-signed with the Raiders, so good on him. Mate, I've heard he's going somewhere new at the end of the year. No, no, no. He just re-signed with the Raiders. He just re-signed for like three years. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, last right week. On. It was last week, was it? Okay. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to up the contract value. I don't know. Maybe. Boys, we'll move on to game seven. The Newcastle Knights defeat the West Tigers 26 to 4. Boys, a very ill-disciplined Tigers outfit got schooled by a resurgent Knights team in front of a sold-out Newcastle Stadium. Boys, I keep repeating myself, it's because it's early days. I know it's round two, but fuck me, the Knights are looking solid at the moment, aren't they? No one's expected it, except for maybe Knights fans. And that, yeah, like. They lost their hooker. Nah, they're done. Caelan Ponga didn't play this game. Ah, they're done. Clemmer's not there. Ah, they're going to get... Tigers will get him. They played well against Melbourne. They smacked the West Tigers off the park. The West Tigers did themselves no favours. But I'm going to have... I've got a theory here that I think the three of us overlooked in our crystal ball predictions. This is for the Newcastle Knights. They have appointed Andrew Johns as the halves coach. The halves for the Newcastle Knights are Adam Clune and Jake Clifford. And we all went, nah, nah. Andrew Johns thinks Adam Clune is a gun. Yeah. Adam Clune. <laughs> why, why did no one else? Adam Clune and Jake Clifford are playing very well at the moment. Jake Clifford in particular is standing out. And I think it comes down to the point that we missed. Andrew Johns being there, firstly, you just go, wow, I've got to try because he's the greatest player, one of the greatest players ever. He's the greatest halfback ever. And yeah. And then secondly, he's teaching you. It's like, mate, like that is knowledge that you will never get from anyone else but the greatest player that rugby league has seen, like uh, arguably. Mate, you know what the Knights have? They've got, they're playing to some really good structure. They're, they're strong on both sides of the ruck because they've got Bradman Best on the left and they've got Gagai on the right. Gagai's killing um, it, by the way. Jeez. 
Gagai, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, the halves who would, some would say, well, most would say, with their weak spot. I mean, Clune's never been anything but a reserve player. Mm. Um, Say so the same about Clifford. Um, well, man, Clifford, Clifford, Clifford came through at the Cowboys as the next big thing. Yeah. He's, so, he's, you know, they, they knew he was talented and he's got some massive boot on him. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And then and then you've got and then you've got the the Fords, you know, they're just playing. You've got, you know, Fitzgibbon, he was injured all last year. He's back on the left. You've got Tyson, um mate, Tyson Tyson Frizzell, Frizzell. Is, is playing like he was when he was one of the first picked in the Australian team. Yeah. Like that's yep. that's the form he's recaptured. Well, mate, if if um Sims doesn't come good, he'll he'll move back into the second row for state of origin. Um, and you're right. I think he ran for almost 200 meters in this game. He was awesome. Um, and then, you know, the props, like you said, Clemmer went down and they, they brought in Mitch Barnett played prop with, um, with the Safidi brother, who's normally coming off the bench. And they just, and, 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 and you know what, who, who's making me look like a bit of a fool is their current lock. Oh, Kurt, Kurt man. man. He's, he's playing ball Kurt player. Man is killing it. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> And like, mate, look, yeah. not, not to mention like Dominic Young, like we, we gave him big reps last week. He's just taking it by stride, taking it by stride. Mate, both, both their wingers don't make errors, and that's a big factor. Oh, and and, so, and Daniel Saifidi, and Daniel Saifidi's still injured as well. Sorry to cut you off, yeah, but that's right. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. And and look, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, you, you said like you know he was injured all last year, mate. He might be out for a while again this year. Uh, um, knee injury, yeah, he might. It's not confirmed yet, but it could be bad. Oh, so, that's no good. Yeah, it's no good for them. But, but then you look over at the Tigers. Oh God! And mate, it's the opposite of what. Like we're we're getting jet up over the Knights. None of us support the Knights, but you got to call it as you see it, and that's what we're doing. That's why we've got a podcast, I guess. But the Tigers are the opposite. They, I've been, I've if. Tiger supporters are listening to this. They would know, like from the start anyway, of the birth of this podcast from last year, that my um, opinion on the club is that they've got no direction. And they maintain this opinion for me each and every year. And they've been doing that for 11 years. There's no direction for this club. And they haven't made the finals for 11 years. It is round two, but far out. The discipline in that game was park footy-like. Oliver Gildart ripping the ball out because he's angry, ripping the ball out. Four men, four men are in the tackle. Just decides to strip it. Kemamala, who's the fifth captain, goes, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, fuck, whatever, fuck it. Whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. Damn. Dan, yeah. careful, mate. Why? You can't just swear willy-nilly on our podcast. <laughs> All those weakest piss people who listen will get offended. Here we go. We it can swear. Con- it was constructive criticism, Nick. <laughs> oh, okay, right. I, 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 you know, I just don't. You know, I just can't abide by the swearing, mate. <laughs> where, where, where? If you don't like it, don't listen. <laughs> He, he can't help himself. He's a he's a rabble rouser. They they say he is a rabble rouser. <laughs> Listen, 
on the Tigers, to the Tigers fans. There's not many positives. There aren't. And my opinion on them is not going to change until I say, I I gave them a big rap last week against the Storm. But they seem like the club that will tweak as well to the ability of the other team, but lose to them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Battle of the Spoon next week, I can tell you that. They're they're up against the Warriors. At least the Warriors are showing something. Oh, man. It's going to be tough. I'm not picking the Tigers again. You picked them, didn't the Tigers right. again. You I picked them. the Tigers. I thought, you know what? They played good against Melbourne. You watch. They're going to they're gonna surprise the Knights. The Knights are rubbish. <laughs> the Knights are not, are not. After two games, they've been the and Roosters. Just, and, yeah. uh, hold on. I've just got to clean the egg off my face. <laughs> Look, they've lost uh, They've lost Hastings for two to three weeks for a dangerous throw. He, hey, he's, um, he's been their best player. Closely he, followed by Luciano. And Dane Laurie. And Dane Laurie, but you know what, man? And Stefano. And Stefano. Nah, Stefano dropped that ball oh, that was, over the line. He should have scored <laughs> it, but yeah. <laughs> He's not good. He dropped the ball. <laughs> mate, look, 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 mate, when, you, when you're seven foot seven and 178 kilos, you can't drop the ball. Sorry. Just fall over the line. Score the try. <laughs> it is a, he makes a fair point, Dan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Still a good player. But yeah, not many positives, Clarky. Like you said, um, if you've got any any to share, my my opinion might be um, people Tiger supporters might think um, my opinion on their club is tarnished because they probably think I got a vendetta against them. I just think they're lacking direction um, on and off the field, and they need to change and they need to start doing it now. Cop the losses, but identify where you're lacking and then have a plan. Just like the Bulldogs did in 2018, they were they identified that they were in a shit spot, and they said it's going to take us three to four years to get back on our feet, and it did. So we were expecting to be bad for three to four years. At least they had a direction, and at least it's bearing fruit now. The Tigers, 2011 was the last time they made the final. No, 20 yeah, 2011 was the last time they made the finals, and that's it. Ten years. Madge's got to go. What do you reckon? Madge's got to go. Is it his fault? No, no. Mate, you, you, if it's not working, you've got to change something. Why, why, why would you... Who, who would you get to replace him? Hey, what are our options? Someone who makes, someone who makes him work harder? Well, that's, nah. that, that, that person doesn't exist. Nah. Someone who comes up with a better game plan. That's who. Hmm. Hmm. Mate, it's you, a shame. You can't you, you look. No one, no one thinks you know that he's not making. He's he's not trying his hardest as a coach, but it's not working. And the whole point of the game is to win, and he's not winning. Mm. Oh well, we're going to move it on because there's there's not much more to say. Onward and upward for the Tigers, I guess they got a game that they can win next week. So. Guilty, the Akasha MVP 3-2-1s for that one. Frizzell uh, 3, Gagai 2, and Clifford 1. Dominic yeah. Young had a binder as well. Yeah, he's mad. Boys, the final game of the round, game eight, the Brisbane Broncos defeat the Canterbury Bulldogs 16-10. to Boys, arguably the game of the week. So much energy from both sides. Two teams in the past few years that have been very poor 
uh, are clearly on the up from those dark seasons. I thought it was a very gripping contest from start to finish. As a Bulldog supporter, it's refreshing to see the pride back in the blue and white jumper. Obviously, they've got some teething issues. Uh, they lack a bit of polish in uh, good attacking uh, good attacking zones and uh, when opportunities are there, they don't take them. But I was not angry at that loss. Like, yeah, like I just I just said a couple faults in their game, but they that was there for the taking. Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating they didn't win, but they were in it. And I thought there was a couple of contentious decisions um, that went against the Bulldogs. Um, there's pros and cons to them. Uh, but I think the score is reflective of the game and that it was very close. There's only six points in it. Um, the two things I wanted to bring up uh, are the Herbie Farnsworth, Farnworth tries. So he scored a double. The first one I wanted to talk about is his first try where he stripped the ball off Braden Burns. Uh, do you boys think that the strip was fair or do you think that the tackle was completed? Do you want to go first, Clarky? No, I thought it was just, that's a fair strip. Guilty? I thought it could have gone either way. I thought he, he like when they did the replay, he was almost like when the tackle completed, if you're sitting on your bum, I think the tackle's completed. It wasn't in motion. Like I, I thought it yeah. was. I'm, I'm with you because some say his arms up, so it's like okay, well, it's fair. It's fair game, but he wasn't Look, moving, it, and it, it's a tough one. It didn't. It, well, you know what? It didn't. I didn't go. Oh my god, that's crazy. That's so unfair. I thought, ah, oh, that's close. It could go either way. There you go. Yeah, I'm with. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I could live with that one. What, what was a bit. <laughs> Annoying. I, think I know, I, I know the next one's going to be. Well, it's his second try. And again, it's, it's, this one's a bit of a catch 22. Now the try that the Broncos score to go up comes off a scrum play. There's a, a lead runner that hits Braden Burns on his outside shoulder and Albert oh. Kelly, and Albert Kelly catches it on the inside and then runs around and passes it, gives it to, um, to, Farnsworth, and then he scores a try. Now they, they looked at it though. Well, I don't understand why mate, they didn't bring that one back because they they didn't it. even they, yeah they didn't even look at it like they didn't review it so to speak like they didn't do the long review. No, they didn't. And I, it was just I, a short review. It's like they've completely missed it. Trent Barrett blew up. It's a penalty. It's a penalty and every day of the week. The way that they've been adjudicating on it is that it should have been a penalty and. Yeah, people are going, oh, you're just saying because you're a Bulldog supporter. Mate, no, I'm not. You're not, and Guilty's not. And I look, called I, it live. So did I. Mate, I'm looking at it going, oh, they got, that's it. Like, Farnsworth turned around and went, oh, shit. He wasn't like, but yeah, did, I scored. Do you know the other thing with that one is that the, the Bulldogs players stopped because they thought it was a penalty. Did you know that? Which isn't good. But no, it's not no, good. It's not, not good. good. But you know what? If that's how they're adjudicating, like we we had a conversation last week about Brian Toto possibly scoring, but but uh, Jerome Luai was in the way. Well, he was in the way, and they got penalised, and the trial wasn't scored as a result. They've got to adjudicate correctly. They've got to be fair every time, and they weren't fair on this occasion. Mate, I'd, I'd, look, yeah, you're saying that, penalty too, Gildy? Yeah, it's got to be a penalty. Yeah, yeah it's a penalty. Mate, it's a bit unfortunate. Look, 
the tunnel ball from Adam Reynolds and Katoni Staggs dropping it, that should be a try. He dropped it. I know it wasn't because he dropped the ball, but like nine, 99% of the time, that's going to be a try. Very clever play from yeah, Adam Reynolds. Right. Yeah. Um, but look, like we had opportunities. Like Matt Burton, but he broke the line 20 meters out and got held up by Katoni Staggs. He was very close. You could say that could have been a try. Like all these things could have been tries. So the game was close. I'm not disappointed as a Bulldog supporter and Bulldog supporters shouldn't be disappointed. The forums, however, no, I'm not, but the forums, however, are crucifying, absolutely barraging and calling for Jaden Ockenball's blood. They're blaming him. I don't him. know why. Blame the winger. They're, they're, they're blaming him. And look, yeah, he's got defensive um, liabilities. He does. The kick. You, the, know what, the, you know what he does, though, Dan. He, he okay. You got to take the good with the bad, right? So, mm. yep, he's got defensive liabilities. I don't think he really did anything too bad defensively in this game. And on yeah. top of that, he 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 runs. He runs. He does that shit hit up for a winger. He's yeah. always the one who's up there doing that. That, and he sort of normally drives forward. He doesn't normally get. Yeah, he's a big body. He's a big body. Him and him and Corey Oates had a really good battle out there. I thought they both played well. Mate, him and Corey Oates, I thought Matty Burton and Adam Reynolds had a great battle. Um, the forwards had great battles. Like TPJ, mate, he his impact was was hey. instantaneous. And the offload count off memory was like 20 to 2 in the favor in favor eight. of the Bulldogs. He, he he did half at least. He had eight. Yeah. He had eight. There you go. So mate, do, do you know what? When I watch a game and we try and do these three, two, ones, I always say to myself, okay, pretend you don't know who these players are, right? If I was watching that game, the best forward on the field was TPJ. Mate, I'll tell you right now. Just sorry. Carrigan. Mate, look, about the three, two, ones, mate, I think we're the only, and this is, might sound wrong to people, but I think it's correct. I think we're the only ones that kind of look at every game like that because I feel the NRL pick the favourites. They pick who they like the most. Oh, 100%. Who, and we don't. And we pick those four. We pick the forwards. Like, they get a good, they get a fair go because, weirdly enough, only one forward has won the Daly M and Tom Alolo, and he shared it with a half. Everyone else is a back, a fullback, or a halfback that wins the Daly M, usually, or a hooker. A spine position wins it. So, the props in our 3-2-1s get a fair go. And like you said, TPJ killed it. Pat Carrigan was very good for the Broncos. Payne Haas was Payne good Haas again. Good. Yeah. Uh, mate, across the park, everyone... You're going keep talking about these 3 two ones. Why don't we just talk about which who get, who we give them to first oh. while we're on the topic? Yeah. Okay. Okay. A bit out of order. Uh, well, we've spoken about him already, but TPJ got three. Um, Herbie Farnsworth did have a great game at centre. We gave him two. And uh, Corey Waddell had a had a really good game for a player that I I sometimes don't understand why he's in certain sides, but he oh, had his best game I've ever seen him play. Yeah. We all, we all... Was, I think I talked I talked about it with Dan earlier on. His role was to run at Reynolds the whole game. In the end he had twenty hit ups, he had two hundred, almost two hundred meters, and he had blood all over him and it was all effort. I, I think he had a really good game. He deserves to be uh given kudos. The other players I thought played all right. We've already talked about Haas, Carrigan. I thought Ockenbore and Oates both had decent games. Uh, Billy Walters, what did you think of him? Oh, he he had he didn't have as many minutes as he should have, but he still had sniffs at the line. He's still agile. He still played well. He's making half. He's making half. Breaks. Yeah, he's making he's half breaks. Yeah. 
the other player that I had as a as a as a point winner, but um, you can't give points to everyone, was um, Jeremy Marshall King. I don't I don't know what they're going to do with him next year because he is an excellent hooker. I think he's an excellent hooker. Mate, look, obviously, because I'm a Bulldog supporter, we focus on and and like you know all our teams lost this week, and we focus on our teams heavily each week uh, before the other team. To give the Broncos props, mate, they're 2-0 and at the moment. It's a great turnaround, even though it's two games in. Um, as they started to other last year, they, they won yeah, the mate. first three last year. Oh, there you go. There you go. I actually <laughs> didn't realise that. So, look, having Adam Reynolds there, Kurt Capewell, that, all they're talking about is that the buyers that they've made have changed the culture of the club. And that's similar to the Bulldogs. You look at the Bulldogs. So, um, Josh Adokar is that player that you need in your team, that joker that is also very good when it comes to crunch time, getting a job done. He's come from the Melbourne system. During the trials, when we scored a try, he was offended that not everyone jumped on the try scorer. And now you're seeing it in the games. Everyone's piling in. The Broncos are doing it. The Bulldogs are doing it. The teams that don't do it, you feel like there's a disconnect there. And that's an element of rugby league that teams need they need a good culture they need a yeah the boys yeah the boys but there's also a job to do it's great that the broncos and the bulldogs are flipping the script on their dark years like i said earlier it's great to say mate they've got they've got they've they've bought well they've bought experience they've bought winners they've bought guys who know how to train properly to show that younger t- the players who are young and players who have been traditionally losers, right? Because the Broncos haven't been good for a little while now, to show them how to play properly. Um, and and they've and they've got lucky with a few of their little buyers like that Palisaya, that prop. He's playing really well too. Mm. Yeah. No one would have even picked him as the starter in the starting Broncos forward pack this year. Very good boys. And unlike Fox Sports, we didn't like um, oversaturate this roundup of the Broncos Bulldogs game with just Adam Reynolds because if you go to Fox Sports, it was just Adam Reynolds versus the Bulldogs or versus the blue and white team. Adam Reynolds and yeah. his brown team versus the blue and white team. That's what it felt like. Felt like actually when the Rabbitohs in 2014 played this blue and white team in the grand final was weird. Here we go. Uh, who, won who won that one? Yeah. I thought anyway. it was where they rang the bell. Yeah, that one. The one where that. <laughs> Rabbitohs, the South Sydney Rabbitohs team rang the bell against that other team. Whatever. Stupid. But anyway, anyway, don't want to open up old wounds. We'll move on to our rapid fire tips for round three. As usual, starting with Clarky. <laughs> if we, if we guilty you struggled last week, good luck. Oh, mate. That's nice. Yeah, go nice. I'm, go down. I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. Game one, Dragons versus Sharks at Wollongong. Dragons. That's gonna yeah, be I'm a dragons. That's a close one. That's a that's gonna be a cracking match. I'm mm-hmm. going to tentatively pick the Dragons. Game two, the Tigers versus the Warriors at Campbelltown. I'm going to go the Tigers. Bit of hesitance. Oh. Guilty. Oh, Guilty. You said you weren't going to pick him. 
Are you Is picking anyone them? out for the Warriors? No, I can't pick them. They were hopeless. I've got Sean, to pick the Warriors. Sean Johnson's out. That's it. Yeah, he was out last week. I'll pick the Warriors. I'm going to pick the Warriors. Jackson Hastings is out. I'm picking the Warriors. Oh, yeah, he is too. You changing? Yeah. You changing to the Warriors? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I don't okay. know. Game three, the Rabbitohs versus the Roosters at Homebush. Another great game, I think. <laughs> Clarky. I'm going to go south. <clears throat> We've got Good. the wood on the Roosters. Okay. Guilty? This is a hard one. Um, nice. They get worse. I'm going to go the Roosters. I'm going to go the Roosters this one. But in saying that, or, or, this could go either way. Easy. Mate, I'm going the Roosters, and I think they're going to – it's not going to be close. It's not going to be a smashing, but they'll win – like comfortably enough, like maybe by twelve. You know what I mean? I don't. I think, I don't reckon I, it's close. I think Latrell's going to come out and yeah. annihilate them. Mm, Take okay. okay. <laughs> hey, by the way, boys, um, we're getting DMs and um feedback now about our tips, like this segment here. People are actually picking their tips off our tips. So oh, I think well, don't pick off mine. If you're listening, <laughs> please do not pick off mine. <laughs> Uh, game four, the Panthers versus the Knights at Bathurst. Another great game. Yeah, we have to go the Panthers. Guilty? Um, whereabouts? Bathurst. Bathurst. Mate, Panthers look... I don't think they look that good. Um, are the Knights better than the Dragons? Uh, I don't know if they are. Yeah, I'll go Panthers. Yeah, I'm going Panthers, but... Everyone don't listen to Guilty. Just said don't listen to him. So pick the night. Yeah, don't listen to him. <laughs> game five, the Storm versus the Eels at Melbourne. Far out. These games are hectic. Mate. <laughs> if this was if this wasn't at Melbourne, I would have I would have gone the Eels. <sighs> That's gonna be a great you know what? I'm picking the nah. Eels. Yeah, Storm's playing, mate. Storm's playing dog shit. I'm going the Eels. Go off the back of last year. You know what? Do you know what? You're mm-hmm. going to go the Storm. I'm going to go the Eel. <laughs> <laughs> you always do that. You're such a dick. <laughs> uh, boys, hey, game six. We beat them twice last year. We're going to beat them. Make it three in a row, eh? Yeah. Boys, game six, the Raiders versus the Titans at Canberra. Well, the Raiders are clear favourites here. I'm going the Titans. Guilty? Mate, I'm going to go the Raiders because I think that that young halfback, he impressed me in the first game. He wasn't really injured. He's just had the week off because of COVID. Um, yeah, I'm going the Raiders. Mate, I'm weary because the Raiders might be a home ground advantage team, uh, but I'm picking the Titans just because I rate them. So I'll see how the lineups pan out tomorrow. Game seven, the Broncos versus the Cowboys at Brisbane. Another good game. Brisbane. Yeah, I'm picking Broncos. I'm picking Broncos as well. I picked them against my Bulldogs, but that'll be a good game nonetheless. It'll be interesting to see Bearden, Bearden versus his old club that didn't want him. Mate, it'll be cracker. It's going to be a sellout, 4 p.m. game as well on a Sunday. Broncos usually play every Friday, every week, but they get a Sunday <laughs> game. So anyway, had the discussion in our pre, what's it, what's it called? Our um, um, pre-season bunker review. 
and they've got 17 free-to-air matches, and the Warriors have two. A joke. But anyway, last game. Game eight, another cracking match, I think. The Seagulls versus the Bulldogs at Manly. I'm going to go first. The Bulldogs. Manly. Yeah, I've got to go Manly, man. Just yeah, I'm, I've got faith in the in the dogs to to back up to back up, and I've yeah, got no faith. Got no that faith in Manly. Good, that is a good weekend of footy, I tell you. It should be. Oof. You know what? I am going to say this: if Manly lose against the dogs, I ref- I will not pick them for the next five weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't that's fair. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. If they win, I'm going to hold you to your word. I'm going to remind yep. you for five weeks. I will not pick Manly. I don't care who they play against. Okay. Turbo's Turbo's going to score two tries and run for 250 meters. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, don't I don't think so. Mate, the dog. The dogs have kept the scores low. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Look, but it, look, let's face it. It is Turbo, though, mate. Let's let's see. Okay, we'll wait and see. Guilty, let's get into the Around the Ground segment. The segment for all non-NRL-related rugby league coverage. For the second week in a row, Clarky's missing out on his favourite part of the show. I know he loves it, but he's stepping away again, saving the world, being a hero. Now, for all our listeners, like I said, this is our non-NRL-related rugby league coverage, and you can now check out our new weekly Around the Grounds social media posts. Updating you all on every current ladder and every major rugby league competition around the world. So make sure you guys check this out. We are the only podcast in the universe that covers our major rugby league competitions in this much depth. And we always will provide you guys with this important information to ultimately grow rugby league. That's from the NRL, NRLW, Reserve Grade, New South Wales and Queensland Cup, Super League, Championship League One, Challenge Cup, Women's Challenge Cup, the French Elite One. You name it, we've got you covered. But guilty. Let's start with the NRLW. So round four of the the delayed 2021 NRL women's season, the penultimate round for the competition was completed over the weekend. And what I would describe, guilty, as the game of the NRLW season, the Broncos suffered their first defeat at the hands of their local rivals, the Gold Coast Titans, losing the match 28 to 26 in a try for try affair. Mate, I watched this game live and it was actually cracker. Absolutely. I think I said that uh I think the Broncos are gonna they're not gonna win, they're not gonna go undefeated. You said it last week, you did say it. You 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 could be onto something. Maybe this could be the kick up the ass they they need to click into gear when it matters, but Mate, the Titans were all energy, but it was a try for try affair. The Broncos have the skill and the patience to stay in the games, but you know, a late try to the Titans women's side got them the win. And mate, it was it was actually a really good game to watch. They need to continue, like I said last week with you, to embrace their style of play. Less structure. More hole hitting, big hits, expansive footy. Very good. Very, very good. What, um, when you said penultimate before, mm. what, what's, the, what's the finals look like? So <clears throat> they've got one more round, which is coming up this weekend. 
the Dragons and the Broncos are guaranteed a top four spot. So as a reminder for those that are unaware or not listening or attentive to the NRLW, there are six teams in this, this delayed competition. Um, two get eliminated for finals, so it's top four. Like I said, the Dragons and Broncos are guaranteed a top four. They're probably going to be first and second, respectively. The Knights are dead last. They're winless. But for the Eels, the Titans, and the Roosters, those three clubs are both on two wins and only nine points separates them. So the Eels are on zero, for and against. Uh, the Titans are on minus seven and the Roosters are on minus nine. So close. very, very close. So one has to miss out out of those three. It's got to be pretty red hot. But anything can happen yeah. this weekend. We'll see what happens. But in the other matches, the Roosters won a clutch game against your Eels, 19 to 18. Uh, very seesawing affair. Clutch field goal as well at the death in the 67th minute uh, by their 5-8, the Roosters 5-8. And in the final match, the Dragons just annihilated the Knights 40-4. to um, I don't think the Knights are prepared this season. They're just What happened for them was uh, when the Warriors got uh, lost their license due to COVID, a lot of the Kiwi players joined up with the Knights late. So their preparation was a bit hindered, I think. And COVID also stuffed them around. So hopefully at the end of the year, when the 2022 NRLW season kicks off, uh, they'll be a bit more prepared. But anyway, we'll see what happens this weekend, Gildy. But last round this weekend before finals. So who do you reckon? Who's the top four? Dragons and Broncos are first and second, most likely. Who do you reckon is going to get third and fourth? It just shows you the Gold Coast are probably going to – they're just beating the top team that – I don't know if the Broncos have won. They've lost a game ever, have they? Yeah, they've lost a game, but they've won all three seasons. Yeah. Gold Coast, I reckon. Mate, I'm going to go with Para. Ah, of course. The Roosters are good, though. Yeah, they're starting to hit their straps late, but – it's just one of those seasons. Five games. You've got to be good every game. Like There's one girl from the Roosters. She's she's there. I reckon she's their whole team. Jess Surges? I think so, yeah. Good player. Zach Lomax's ex-girlfriend? Yeah, I think that's her. Yeah, mate. She's she's an Australian player. She's a gun. She'll yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, Guilty, quickly over to the Super League. The round six results are in. Game one, the Wigan Warriors defeated the Castleford Tigers 32-22. to Game two, Southford Red Devils defeated Leeds Rhinos 26 to 12. Game three, the Catalans Dragons defeated Hull Kingston Rovers 18 to 10. Very good game, by the way. Game four, Wakefield Trinity defeated Warrington Wolves 38 to 20. So, mate, that was the first upset of the week, but it definitely wasn't the biggest, which came in game five. Are you ready for this, Guilty? Are you fucking ready? Toulouse Olympic. Defeated St. Helens RLFC 22 to 20. Wow. It just Mate, shows you that they're not, they haven't been that far away. They haven't been getting thrashed. They're not like Lee Centurions from last year. No. Nah. Mate, this is Toulouse's first season in the Super League. This is their first victory in the Super League, obviously. Um, they lost the first five. And like you said, they were very close every week. They had some dramas prior to the season starting. So, Two of their best players, arguably, uh, Mark Kerala and Jordan, Jonathan Ford, 
So Mark Corrala is the fullback and Jonathan Ford is their half and captain. Neither neither player got vaccinated. And in France, you 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 can't you can't be unvaccinated there still. It's just not gonna yeah, accept right. it. So they got sacked. And there's a bit more to Mark Kerala's um case, which they haven't released in the in the media. Uh, but they both got sacked this week. And that hindered their preparation for the Super League because they're two good players. Yeah. Now, mate, it's a historic victory for the French base club. They snatched the victory from a spread from left to right and scored in the corner in the 78th minute to go ahead of St. Helens. Mate, St. Helens were 99% full strength. They were missing Alex Wormsley, who is a gun prop, English prop. Will Hopawadi, Tongan captain, very good player. And Sione Matautia. But like I said, it's not as if Toulouse have this cavalcade of gun players. So, mate, that was a fantastic victory. Very G'd up for them. I hope they can stay on a trajectory and I hope they can stay in the competition because it's good for France. French Rugby League, um, as some of you may not be aware, in three years, in 2025, France is getting the Rugby League World Cup. And we'll talk about that more closer towards this year's World Cup. But the game needs to grow there. And, mate, they're getting good crowds over in Toulouse. Five, 6,000 Catalans are getting three quarters to sell outs, depending on which team they're playing. Mate, it's massive. It's so good. If Toulouse keep playing like that, it just shows you that the French, you know, are embracing, you know, look, I know they're a rugby union, traditionally soccer and rugby union, but, you know, with two teams now in the Super League, it's obviously becoming more popular. And the kids will probably might play league instead of union. Do you know what I mean? Good on them. Hope they stay on a trajectory. Uh, congrats to Olympic on your first victory. And the last game, Guilty, your Hull FC club defeated Huddersfield Giants 14 to 6. A very comprehensive victory, by the way. Because all right. mate, Hull, Hull, Hull are now in the top six and they're equal with Huddersfield. So Huddersfield a fourth, Hull a fifth. Very good. Good signs, my friend. But anyway, boys, let's get into our final segment. The Sideline Stories Bunker Review presented by our sponsor, the Rusty Penny Brewing Company. As usual, now usual being last year, we started and we will continue each week to start with our Bunker Review Instagram fan poll results from last week. Yes, this is good. This is good. So, this is where Gildy just calls everyone stupid. Yeah, it's so good because Gildy's ruthless. <laughs> Look, um, I love this because this goes off. Every Friday we put up poll results on Instagram and the voting, it, it's it just off the chain. We get maybe yeah, three to 600 votes for each, for each question. Uh, just, it varies. Uh, sometimes we get a thousand. Um, so it's a good gauge for the percentage of what question we ask. So first question, uh, sorry, the first result, 75% of our listeners and followers are in favor of the independent HIA doctor. Yeah. What was the number? 25%. 75. 
Yeah, but who are the twenty five percent? You always scrutinise the, the, know, the ones the ones that don't pick. It'd be mate because everyone's still blowing up this way. They, they need to be at the ground. Shut up! Uh, Shut up! Uh, hey, but these are like these are like expert analysts who get paid for this shit. It's like they need to be at the ground. Mate, There's doctors uh, at the fucking ground. There's mate, doctors you know, at the ground. You know They're what's just making great? An assessment from. Clarky, you know what's great? You know what you said last year? You both said it, actually, but Clarky, you were staunch about it. If you get hit in a tackle and you're like, oh, well, my jaw and head and face and nose and face and head, oh, my God, my brain, I'm so sore. And then they're like, penalty, uh, you're on report. And then last year there was that loophole where if you went on report, it was a free to change. This year they've closed that loophole. But you said if someone goes down and saying, oh, my head hurts, they've got to go off an HIA. Well, guess what happens now? If you're getting hit in the head and you stay down, they, the HIA independent doctor has a camera that stays on you. And if you show a symptom, they're like, at least get him off for HIA. Yeah, Having to Sean O'Sullivan with the Jaden Sewer hit. You know what else come up? So I can't remember who it was. Someone got a cut on the head or something and one of the coaches have blown up about it. Uh, was, like, it oh, and, was it Joe Hoffman and Gow? Yeah. yeah. It's like... How do you think someone cuts their head? It's because they haven't, something impacts their head. If something impacts your head so much that you cut your head, there's a fairly good chance that you've had some kind of brain trauma. Mate, do you know what? With that one, though, they had a fair point. And the point was that the only reason he was going off because there was a stoppage in play. Like if it's that important and it should be, why, why, why are they waiting for a stoppage in play? That's that's your gripe with it, isn't it, Nick? You said that last week. Yeah. yeah which is fair, yeah. but they've got to, I think because this HIA independent doctor, like what we don't see as a viewer is they just look at that player. They've been flagged as a potential concussion, uh, a symptomatic person to concussion, and they're like, focus on them. And we don't see that. Do you, do you know what, Dan? The problem with it is this, is that, if they don't say they've got to come off and they leave them on there and something happens, they'll be blamed. So you've almost got to set, you've got to bring everyone off. You've got to just say, yep, he's got to come off. He's got to come off. He's got to come off. Well, at Do the moment, it hasn't been silly at the moment. People think it is, but it's not. I think it's been controlled relatively well. If the if the biggest drama is like, you know, they're not coming off straight away, mate, maybe they've got to find a way to clean that up. But at the moment, it's not the biggest issue for mine and Clarkie's with it too. And you are. As well, we're, we're, we're for this rule. We're for this HIA independent doctor overall. I just think maybe there's got to be, yeah, 100%, but there's got to be a better way of doing it. Like just say, for instance, uh, Big Joe gets a big cut on his head because yeah, they walk him right in front of the, the play. Like get him off the back. Mm. If you're told you've got to get off it and you don't get off, it should be a fine, easy. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, move it on to the next result. 85% feel the adjusted six again rule is the right balance. Well done, the we 85%. Said that two years ago. Yeah. 15, actually. <laughs> <laughs> good. We weren't good at maths, obviously. <laughs> You're right. Fuck you, are they? Look, we're not going to scrutinize. Um, they're obviously yes, just jumping. Oh, look. <laughs> look, we're all jumping the gun because it's been two rounds, but mate. The footy's been – I love how it started. Every game has been yeah. exciting. Majority, Mate, not, not not the Canberra Cowboys game, but – Not one person is thinking about that rule. Yeah. 
Yeah. And no one's really bagging the refs either. Either I feel. I like that. Uh, the next result, 56% believe that player wages should be transparent to the public. So 44% think it shouldn't be. Yeah, I reckon those 44% don't have their salaries <laughs> access to the public. Clarky, are you are you guilty spec, are you? I'm, I'm, I'm the new guilty. I'm the new guilty in 2020. <laughs> they're, all fuck, they're all fucking stupid. <laughs> I just I just don't see the I don't see the reason why not. Like even Dan said something really interesting last week is that in professional sport in America, they're all everyone knows exactly what everyone's getting paid. And as a result, no one can say, well, you know, they're not under the cap. They know exactly what they're getting paid. But you can, le- you can legitimately it- get a calculator out and, <laughs> and calculate it. Yeah. Does it equal the salary yeah. cap's amount? Oh, it does. Yeah. Or it's under. Sweet. Yeah. Good. Anyway, yeah. I don't understand the forty-four percent there. I'm with you. I'm with you, new guilty slash clarky. Next result, boys, 77. 77- 77% are in favour of the overhaul judiciary and penalty system. Okay. I'm with it. Guilty's not. No, no, uh, no. What I said was we got to just see. Yeah, that's fair enough. The jury's out. The jury's out. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Next result, boys. 91% believe the, that cannonball tackles should be sin bin or send off worthy. 91%. That's fantastic. Well done. If, that, if that's the people that we... Reach ninety one percent are all those people are generally football fans. That's that's got to be saying something something to the, the people that run the game. Yep, yep. And mate, to compound that, eighty one percent believe that cannonball tackles should carry a minimum two week suspension instead of a fine because currently it's a fine, and currently it's a it's a penalty. Two yeah, two, it, at least two weeks. So 81% believe it should be at least two weeks. What I'm saying, though, is that it's at least two weeks because we're grading them again. I think they should just say it's a blanket five weeks. Get it out of the game. Mate, 100%. It's such a filthy tackle. Mate, it's our quote of the week, boys. It went off like a frog in a sock. But anyway, next result, boys. 80% have chosen Nathan Cleary as their preferred halfback for the Kangaroos at the World Cup. 17% chose DCE. The current halfback and three percent said three percent said other three percent said another. You know who the who the seventeen are? They're the Queenslanders that listen to us. Thanks for Queensland listeners. Or manly fans. Um, and all manly fans. Yeah. <laughs> and another three percent. I don't even know who, the, who who they're thinking about. Mitchell no, Moses. <laughs> no, they're, I think they're just JNR. You know. There are no, the Parramatta fans you know that Nathan Cleary should be. Yeah. Like yeah, if, who's who's the other legit? If legit, if they both go down, who's who's your halfback? Um, Mitchell Moses. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's why it's a G up. Uh, okay, Nico Hines. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, look, everyone, it's Nathan Cleary. Stop arguing with us. We're right. You're wrong. Seventeen percent plus three percent, so twenty percent, Clarky. That's good maths. Twenty percent. You should throw out the you should throw out the Harry Grant one next week. Yeah, I will. I will. Next one, boys. Seventy five percent believe Dominic Young will be one of the first outside backs from the UK to excel in the NRL. Fair enough. Yeah, well, he's excelling. Yep. Let's see how he goes. Eh, still got a long long way to go. Next result: eighty nine percent believe that Tarek Sims 
potentially signing with the Melbourne Storm will be a good signing. That's an obvious one. Yeah. Next result, 56% believe that Todd Payton will get sacked from the Cowboys before Jason Tormalolo. Now they're best mates, so none of them are getting sacked. You're all stupid. <laughs> so, yeah. Look, we all said... If they keep winning, if they, keep winning they won't get sacked. Yeah. If they start losing, they're going to get sacked. Mm-hmm. Next result, boys, 71% think the Broncos women's team will take out their fourth NRLW title in a row. Unlike 70%. what you said, Guilty, 71%. So, Guilty, you're what, part of the 29. Yep. And I am... And they lost this week. They lost this week, people. They did. 71%. They lost this week. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the 71% Guilty, so... Ooh. Ooh. Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and the final result, 73% like that the 2022 women's origin fixture is being played in neutral territory, being Canberra. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right, boys, we'll move on to this week's bunker review. Our topics for today, we have two juicy ones, everybody. Number one, the Australian Rugby League Commission have approved the expansion of the NRL Women's Premiership, the Women's State of Origin, and the introduction of a salary cap system. Guilty, we legitimately discussed this on last week's episode. Uh, the one that Clucky wasn't there for during Around the Grounds. And an hour later, legitimately an hour later, after we released episode 43 to the public, the NRL come out and announce all the changes that we spoke about and the ones that they actually announced. They are listening to the podcast. This confirms it. We spoke about expansion of the NRLW, Women's State of Origin going to two games and a salary cap system being introduced and then Nick Minute and I introduce it. But anyway, the main points to take from the ARLC announcement. So in 2023, the NRLW will increase from six to eight teams. And in 2024, the NRLW will increase from eight teams to 10. Licenses will be approved by July this year. They're going to approve all four of them, I understand. The salary cap will be set at $350,000 per team with average salaries to increase by 28%. Clubs can also sign two marquee players as full-time employees. So they get salary cap dispensations. They can pay them off the cap. State of Origin in 2023 will increase to a two-game standalone series with players paid six grand per game. How can you have a two-game standalone series? That's all right. I haven't hit one team with each it's either one or three, man. Yeah, it's either one or three. I don't mind the two-game series. You can't have a tie. No, maybe, maybe it's um, maybe it's like you know, you won six four, and then the next game, the other team won ten two. No, no, I don't no. Know. It's, not soccer, it's not soccer, Daniel. Uh yeah. that's that's a yeah, that's actually a total soccer, um, thing, isn't it? But anyway, I don't, we'll see what happens with that. We don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that structure. We'll argue about it next year, right? But in 2023, they're increasing it to a two-game series, six grand per match. Fantastic. It's gone up um, two grand, so four to two, four to six. And the All-Stars payments have been doubled to 3000 for that match. So the first question I have, have the commission done right by the women's game to bide their time with expansion? Oh, it's good. They're there's no need to rush into it like the AFL did and and say all 18 teams 
get a women's team and it's i don't know their their tv product isn't as good as the as the nrlw mm. um and it's it seems like they've been very strategic and i think that's the reason why it's becoming the success that it is and it's it's fantastic especially surely one of the next two teams first off the rank has to be the rabbitos oh that is my next that is my next question but that's good that you're talking about it but it has to be like why do you say that why do you say that well because they were told they were going to be one of the original four yes Along with along with the sharks, they were the two that got told. Yeah, so that just boggles my mind. And the pathways are already there in the in the 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 South Sydney women's competition is very strong. Yeah, but you know what happens there, Clarky? That's where the Roosters rip all their players from. Yep, they do. They do. Mate, look, this this the the clubs that aren't in the NRLW at the moment, they're in the Harvey. Women's Premiership, the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. That's what the Rabbitohs are in, the Bulldogs are in. Um, but the Rabbitohs are strong, and I agree with you, Clarky. Uh, along with the Sharks, they they were two clubs that were told you're going to get it because they run a very good women's program. And they did that prior to this mentality changing to the women's game going from amateur to semi-professional to professional. They Going into my next question now, which is, which four clubs do you think should join the six that are currently there? Um, for me, it's the Rabbitohs. It's the Sharks. I think they need to re-license uh, the Warriors because theirs got stripped from them because of COVID. And I didn't find that fair. Like, obviously it needed to be done, but they need to have a team as well. And I think the fourth license should go to Canberra. And I think they're strategically playing the 2022 women's origin game in Canberra for that purpose. Yeah. But, and I think, and I think once the 10's done, like you need to just sit back for a while and yeah. Yeah. And just deplete, let it, you can't yeah. deplete the player pool and start to, and start having a negative impact on the quality of the players. Yep. I um I don't necessarily think that the teams you mentioned have definitely got to be the ones to be next. I yep. don't know enough about um who's got the best uh, pathway systems, but what they should be doing is they should be having a tender. So each team that wants to go in has to be able to impress the NRL enough and show what they've got, and then at that point they make a decision on who's next. I think I, I believe that's what is happening. They're doing it by they they got they're doing that now and then they're going to announce. I understand all four of the licenses by July this year. So I don't know enough about who's got um, junior programs. And look, surely there's got to be somewhere on the central coast. See, that's that's they need to seriously they need to seriously consider doing that. Guilty, I'm with you. A non NRL badged team. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and on top of that, we've talked about this before, like last year, is that a, a team from a place like that, it creates um, a fan base where there's a massive fan base. You know what I mean? And they've got something That's else to look at. No, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Gildy. I like the, yeah, the central coast of the Oregon. That's mad. Would you, would you uh, flirt with the idea of a Perth-based NRLW team? 
Was that too much? <laughs> they by the sounds of it, the only reason there isn't a Perth team is because of the um, logistical target. side of things with the yeah. travel and the cost and that kind of stuff. It's like the money isn't in the NRLW if, yet. If yeah. you okay. had some mining magnet, if you had some mining magnet who decided that he was going to push or she or he was going to push for a team in Perth and was going to pay for it and make it viable, I've got no issue with it at all. It is, Clucky, you said something. Money. Mate, before we move on to the, the last topic, Clucky, you said that it's great that the product has gotten to what it's gotten to. Mate, this year and the 2022 competition, which is at the end of the season, but towards the back end of the NRL season, Mate, this has been the best NRLW season to date, and they've expanded for this one. And I thought, oh, maybe the quality might, might not be there because they've expanded. Is it too soon? And it really isn't. Like, the Knights haven't won. That's un- that's unfortunate. But they're not bad. They're not a bad side. You know you know what it does? Even if it does deplete the player pool a little bit, it is, it's starting to provide legitimacy. Like, four, four teams wasn't a... It's like, eh, is it a competition? Yeah. Like, it just seemed weird. You put, Everyone plays each other and then you have finals. It's like, it's just everyone who you just played. Yeah. Like, it didn't really, like, where now six starts to become, like, a legitimate competition. Mm-hmm. And then eight so and there's ten. Five, there's, so. there's five now, right? No, six now. Six. There's six now. Okay. And um, there's going to be eight and then there's going to be ten. Yeah. Look, man, um, I just think that Gus Gould said something the other day. I can't remember what platform he was talking about it on, but it's the toughest female sport in the world, I reckon. The toughest female team sport in the world. And I think that uh, the females that watch it um, are being drawn to it. I think you could go to a couple of different countries and, and bring back – you know, they're not far off it. They're moving in the right direction. They've worked out that the, the AFL made serious mistakes and they're, they're, they've taken that into account. They're doing really well. They're running it better than the Tigers run their team. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Kiwi, that could be a contender for quote of the week. We've got, I've got to go through the podcasters. That was pick, good. I did message good. you before about my other favourite one, but go, let's go with Gildies. I like that one. I like it. But, boys, we'll move on to our final topic. What if you were running the NRL and you were doing the broadcasting rights and you had a choice? You've obviously got your Friday games, your Saturday games, your Sunday games. They're staple. You need them. Um, But you had a choice to pick between Thursday night games or Monday night games. Clarky, I'll start with you. What would you prefer? You can only have one. You know, this is. I think this is a legitimate, a legitimate thing that they're rethinking about. You know, really, I think so. Maybe I'm they're sure going to listen to. Maybe they're going to listen to the podcast and <laughs> then make that decision. Look, yeah, what I hated Monday Night Football. I hated it. And why? When, why did you hate it? I don't know. Oh, the weekend was finished. It's like no nah, weekend's finished. I'm like, oh, there's another game. It was just it didn't seem right from day one for me. Um, and I do watch the Thursday night game far more than what I watch the Monday night game. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I think I want Monday night back. 
Really? Yeah, but I'd I'd probably keep if, if at the end of it because of how I, I remember how I used to feel. I'll keep Thursday night for sure. You you know what I've noticed is that when they had the Monday night game, a lot of the teams are complaining about the turnaround. Mm. Whereas with with the Thursday night game, I know it's it's, it's really the same, right? It but is the no same. One thinks, no one's complaining about the turnaround. Have you noticed yeah. that? Yeah. So look, I, if it was me personally, um, I'm a greedy football watcher, so I want Thursday and Monday. But if it was just Thursday or Monday, I'd have Thursday. If I'm a, if I'm able to make any decision, mine is scrap the freaking six o'clock game on Sunday, and that's a two o'clock. I hate the six o'clock. Yeah, they're only doing that because of the NRLW and because it's um, supposed to be hotter. So it's summer. So they play at night. That's why they do that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, why they do it. So it and reverts. I'd bring all the game, and I'd bring all the games forward half hour to an hour. Yeah, because yeah. you're a you're a dad who goes to bed at fucking eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of, let's wrap this up. Let's stop it. <laughs> Look, I'm a, I'm a Thursday night fan. Um, the, the beauty of Monday nights was you're like, oh, the footy's finished. You know, the four pm game finishes at six pm. You're like, oh, it's done now. I've got to wait ages like five days waiting five days is ages then you're like oh shit actually there's a monday game the the pros to the monday game was that um i didn't like that it interfered with my um oztag playing that's oztag clarky i didn't like that it interfered <laughs> didn't like that it interfered with that i i didn't like the crowd figures for mondays i, th- I feel like people are more inclined to go to the games on thursdays because it's like oh it's pre-weekend I could, I could push it on Friday or I just won't go to work on Friday. I think more people are inclined to go to the games at the end of the week than the beginning. Uh, so it looked better on TV if there's a better crowd. Because, man, I went to a Monday night game. went to a Roosters game, believe it or not, with my one of my mates is a member. And it was Roosters-Titans on a Monday. And it was raining. And it was about five people in the crowd. And they said there was 5,000. I'm like, they're such liars. There's no one here. So I think I, I think yeah. yeah. Look, Monday night was is, uh, footy is taken from NFL in America, and we just haven't got the population for it to be sustained. Mate, so, I think. So, so Clark, you prefer the Sunday games to be earlier? Yeah, two o'clock, hundred percent. So, so you've got two games. So both of them being played at two? No, two and four. Two and four, as it okay. currently is. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Still well, it is. A four yeah. and six. Yeah, but it's the majority of the year, it's two and four. Yeah. Yeah, but you'll do that all you year. I, I might get shouted down here, and you could put this as a as a percentage thing down a question. I, I'd prefer it later. I, I don't want to waste all my Sunday with the footy on when I can watch it at night. No, oh, nah. I like, I like two and four. If it's two and four or four and six, I'm doing two and four. What? How late do you want, Gilby? Like 10? No, not not that late. But you know what? It's, 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 it's the first game. If the first game started at I don't know four, and the second game started at six, hmm. I'm happy with that. Oh, okay. The way it is currently happening. Now, okay. yeah, yeah. Just because you know people want to do stuff with their Sundays, and you know, even me, I can't watch every game. I've got to watch replays. <laughs> and we know you watch the replays. We know you watch them yeah. thoroughly. Yeah. By the way, boys. That was fantastic. One of the smoothest, greatest episodes we've ever made. And that's almost, I'll say that every week. I don't care. But we're done. 
Thanks for coming on. Clarky, Guilty, love you both for coming on every week. It's always a pleasure and it's never a chore. Fantastic discussions every single week. Also, a big thank you to our sponsors, Rusty Penny Brewing Company, The Ari & Co and Akasha. And to everyone for tuning in to episode 44 of the Sideline Story Rugby League podcast. That's a wrap from us here at the virtual studio. Go the Bulldogs. Glory. Uh, Oosh, I love you. Go para. <laughs>